Alrighty, everybody. Good morning, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. I want to wish everybody out there a very, very happy 4th of July holiday. A little bit of an extended one, I guess, for some with uh, the holiday falling on a Tuesday. But uh, stay safe out there, everybody. But a happy 4th of July. Wiz, how are we doing today? Yeah, doing well. Um, getting a little closer. So we're, we're drafting uh, in right about uh, two months from uh, today. So, uh, you know, getting closer, uh, starting to look at things um as, uh, you know, OTAs and all that uh, takes place. So, uh, interesting time. And uh, uh, you're seeing some information uh, leak out a little bit. And then uh, I think we're waiting on some key players that uh, are unsigned at the moment. Yeah, and I was going to say was uh, at this point in time, you know, Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins and, and, and Dalvin Cook, kind of the two major Guys, that you're, you're, I think you're alluding to at this point in time. What, what's kind of your? Do you think this is a situation? And obviously, some guys who haven't signed, and uh, Saquon Barkley certainly a question mark at the moment with the Giants. Is your inclination that this kind of drags on uh, through training camp type of thing, where let's see what happens, injuries on other teams, or, or do you think there are set destinations for these two players in particular? I definitely do not think there's a set destination for Hopkins at this point. Um, I think Dalvin Cook, I, I think, you know, it's more than just uh, just talk with Miami. They've actually offered him a contract. Uh, so I think uh, that that's a place where he seems to want to go, and they certainly want him. Uh, that's going to make that running back room <laughs> very, very interesting. Uh, it's interesting already, but uh, if you had Dalvin, Dalvin Cook there as well, um, that's going to make things uh, a little more interesting. I, I know we keep hearing, can, you know, Hopkins, the, the Patriots want him. I'm not so sure about that one. I've never been quite sure about that one in terms of going to Patriots. I still like Cowboys, the Cowboys and maybe the Bills as two dark horse teams for Hopkins, uh, even though – the rumor mill is just Patriots, Patriots, Patriots. I think Cook to the Dolphins seems more likely, and Hopkins, I'm going to say, you know, if I had to predict, I'm going to say he's going to end up somewhere else than New England. That's that's how I view it. Yeah, I guess the connectivity with New England is is the fact that he played for uh, Bill O'Brien for a bunch of years. Um that's probably what's leading into that, and they really don't have a top dog, though they did extend uh, recently uh, Devontae Parker. Um, you know, there are some young receivers there. Uh, they've definitely have have a have a, uh, a decent amount of uh, investment in the tight end position in Hunter Henry and Mike Kosicki. Uh So yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I agree. Uh, you certainly know that Hopkins last year with the early season suspension coming back to a situation where Kyler Murray gets hurt early on. But he was productive, but much shorter uh, range of throws, uh, especially when Colt McCoy was under center. So, yeah, I mean, there is there is certainly a team that he's going to help. Uh, who that is, uh, I, I don't know. Um, if you were to tell me, uh, if you were to tell me the Dallas Cowboys, that certainly uh, would pique my interest. Uh, I know the Chiefs were mentioned in the off season, but I've not heard much about that now. Um, and I agree with you on on the Cook one. It's it seems. Miami, again, has extended him a contract, whether they can work out the details correct. And, yeah, that would make a already 
murky and complicated fantasy situation at running back for the Miami Dolphins even even more complex. So, yeah, and I think I think you know I guess when you use the you know the connection with O'Brien, uh, also yeah, I guess you have to consider Cleveland with Hopkins as well uh, if he wants to play with Sean Watson and what that would look like. But you know they've made some moves in the offseason as far as the wide receiver position, but. Uh, you know, look, you could add on a player like Hopkins. It certainly won't hurt. Um, so I think uh, it'll be interesting. And then you, know, you have, like, Leonard Fournette, who's just kind of, like, hanging around. And, uh, you know, he's he's not the guy that's being talked about. But he's going to probably uh, end up somewhere. That'll probably happen later on. And uh, I don't think McKinnon has re-signed with Kansas City. But that seems like an inevitability. But... I'm just curious why nobody is, you know, it just seems like he's either going to go back to Kansas City or not play. Like, no other teams, McKinnon couldn't help another team. So, interested in those players as well, see see what happens. Yeah, and, and a lot is going to transpire in, in, in when, when camp breaks. Uh, there, there will be injuries. There always are injuries, and that may potentially change the, uh, the thinking for one team in particular uh, in, in terms of services for these players. So, We'll have to see how it shakes out, but uh, for now is uh, you know I thought I thought it was a a good exercise perhaps to look at some teams um, and for the purpose of this podcast that you know where there's potential for the team both from a fantasy perspective and an NFL football perspective for offenses to kind of move up from where they stand right now in the NFL uh, finishing to 2022 that is and offenses that could move down and um, I looked at a a number of different variables. First of all, I took a look at top 10 offenses and the top and the bottom 10 offenses in terms of both points and yardage in the NFL. There wasn't a heck of a lot of a difference uh, with the exception. You know, I was very surprised with that the Cincinnati Bengals were a top 10 yardage offense. Sorry. Uh, they, they, they went, they were top 10 in yardage, but not in points. So I thought that was kind of interesting with them. Miami kind of jumped in as well. Miami was a top 10 yardage offense, uh, but not necessarily on the points side of things. So I thought that was quite interesting. The bottom offenses, we kind of know who they were last year. Uh, You know, the Rams, Houston, Tennessee, uh, Carolina, Chicago, Indy, New England, Jets, Atlanta, and Pittsburgh. So certainly a number of changes going on there. So, but I tried to look at Different things, uh, changes to the rosters, changing to coaching staff, uh, the opponents in the division, schedules that perhaps are going to be a little bit more difficult, uh, and some other intangibles uh, that may come into play. Uh, So that's kind of what I looked at for this podcast. And um, yeah, so I I got a few few teams that I think have some upside potential, a few teams with some downside potential. And uh, I'll kick it off, and I'm I'm going to start right away with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, We've talked about that a a bit on this podcast. Uh, Lamar Jackson re-signed. J.K. Dobbins is is the lead horse in the running back room. They've made a number of changes at at the wide receiver position, Uh, obviously adding Odell Beckham Jr., potentially getting uh, Bateman back, but that needs to be watched because uh, that injury looks like it's nagging still. And drafting Zay Flowers, and of course having a a premier tight end in in one Mark Andrews, and uh, it's an offense whiz that's going to change in dynamics in terms of Greg Roman moving on from uh, offensive coordinator, and 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 I think under the new regime, perhaps we see a, a little bit different offense. But last year, this was not a top ten offense, and I, I think uh, there is a significant potential to return uh, to that for the Baltimore Ravens in the twenty twenty three season. Yes, certainly. I mean, they 
they've had a lot of skill players, uh, off-season stuff, draft as well. So I, I could see them, you know, re- returning to that. Um, you know, with a new offensive coordinator, uh, it's supposedly going to look a lot different. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to, you know, really focus as far as that team goes on Lamar Jackson, where is he going to let the game come to him um, where he's going to stay within the offense and throw the ball, or is his instinct going to be, you know, to take off and run the ball? Um, and I'm also interested, uh, you know, are they going to get Dobbins more involved with the passing game? I mean, he, that player has not been used right, I don't think, in the passing game. I know he hasn't been on the field, but uh, as much as they would like. But I'm, I'm looking at Lamar Jackson to see if he can stay within that offense or maybe some of those old instincts take over where he uh, pulls the ball down and runs a little more. And uh, I think that's a team that, has high aspirations and uh, did a lot in the offseason to help Lamar Jackson. Okay, very good. Uh, What's an offense that you think has some upside potential in the 2023 season? Yeah, I'm going to go with a team that nobody is going to think much of offensively, and that's the New England Patriots. Um, I'm just a believer in Mac Jones. I know Bailey Zappi and got in there and, and played well, and there's a talk that he could overtake. But I, I'm a believer in Mac Jones. Um, I think he played well um, in his rookie season. And I'm going to put a big X through that season last year because of what they handled, with the, how they handled the offensive coordinator. So getting O'Brien in there, Mac Jones, uh, I believe some of the players on offense, I, I think a player like Juju Smith-Schuster would help them is going to help them. I also like the Gusecki signing, where I think they're going to play a lot of 12 personnel with Henry and Gusecki. So I'm looking at the New England Patriots, a team that when it comes to offense, <clears throat> nobody <laughs> at all is probably considering. But I'm looking at them, believe it or not, with a team with a little bit of upside because I'm a believer in Mac Jones. Uh, you know, I, and I know you talk very highly of Mac Jones when he came out of college. He, he had a, an outstanding rookie year, actually, and, and really took a step back last year. Matt Patricia had no business being near an NFL offense, but uh, nonetheless, that was the direction that the Patriots decided to go in. Uh, it did. It proved to be a very uh, frustrating season offensively for the New England Patriots. I think at times Mac Jones uh, expressed that on the field, which not necessarily is uh, a fantastic characteristic and, and probably has a lot of people kind of moaning and groaning both in the fan base and, and maybe even on the coaching staff. And I'm sure Bill Belichick's had some conversations about that. Now, whether that's completely true and some of that frustration uh, – and if it was all kind of pointed towards, you know, the offense and how it was being led, that's uh, up, up for debate. But uh, it certainly seemed at times last year, was on the field, um, that a player with only two years, well, in the midst of his second year uh, of an NFL career, uh, I don't think exactly handled himself in a calm, cool manner. So I think we'll see differences there. You mentioned the personnel changes. You and I both love Ramondre Stevenson. Pierre Strong is starting to get a little bit more accolades in terms of his contributions, what they're going to look like in the offense. I agree with you on the 12 personnel stuff at tight end. Tyquan Thornton is also a player uh, who made strides towards the end of the season last year. And uh, depending on what else could happen here. But yeah, I, I don't, I'm not going to debate. I'm not going to debate this point whatsoever. 
All righty, you have another team that you think uh, has some upside to move up from where they were last year? Yeah, I do, and I know people are going to call me crazy when I say this one. Uh, I think the Green Bay Packers have a chip on their shoulder. Um, Aaron Rodgers uh, did himself no, no – no sir well did that receiving core no proper service last year uh into the season uh you know he was busy doing his uh preseason uh cave into into caves and mushrooms and all this crap that he was doing ayahuasca um i don't think he put the time in uh, I think Jordan Love obviously was drafted with the idea that he was going to, at one point in time, uh, be the, he'd be the quarterback of the future for the Green Bay Packers. This is the year that he gets that opportunity. Uh, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are both still here. Uh, this is a really, really young offense, right? So in terms of leadership, it, it, it really, uh, in terms of NFL service, those running backs are the guys um, that have more service. The receiving core, they're all first-year guys, right? When you look at Dubs and and um, and and uh, and Christian Watson, who who last year obviously uh, had flashes of brilliance. Uh, Jaden Reed is here. Uh, Samari Toure. So it's a very very young group of players, and they also have two young tight ends that they drafted, right? In Luke Musgrave and um, and Tucker Craft. So. The way I look at this, Wiz, is I, I think a lot of people, and I think you've kind of mentioned this as well, I've counted this team out. I think there's a chip on the shoulder, like I mentioned at the start. And I think Green Bay has a real opportunity to make itself known very quickly uh, in this NFL season. Well, you know I like the Packers. I mean, I have not hit at all the, you know, the teams that I like uh, in the NFC and the uh, I've given the Green Bay Packer analysis this year to what happened when the Mariners lost A-Rod. And they thought the Mariners, well, you know, were going to just fold like a tent. Uh, and they had a terrific season. And I'm not saying the, the, the Packers are going to be uh, the elite team of the NFC. <clears throat> but I think they're they're getting completely overlooked. And I saw something with the odds recently where... <clears throat> the uh, Packers were the biggest underdog to win the division. So they have the Bears more likely to win the NFC North than the Packers, and <clears throat> I just think that's outrageous. Yeah, don't disagree with you. Don't disagree with you whatsoever. All right, uh, who and else you got with? Yeah, I got one other team that's upside. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Saints. Um, just from an offensive standpoint, where they were to where they could be this year, um, this is a team where there are a lot of if this happens, but if those things do happen, if Derek Clark get back get back to form, Mike Thomas um, can stay on the field. I love Chris Olave. Um, I I love their 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 tight end personnel that they have. With Johnson and Foster Moreau there now, Rashid Shaheed is a guy that could be a breakout candidate as well. Great, great um, second half last year, Shaheed. He 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 really did. And the, the running back room, I know Kamara could be in trouble, but I thought Jamal Williams is one of the most uh, under underrated um, and not talked about enough signings of the offseason going there. Um, <clears throat> Country Miller as well. So I think the Saints have a lot of ifs, but there is some real potential for upside in terms of fantasy football uh, on offense with the Saints this year. And you didn't mention Taysom Hill in your conversation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Taysom Hill. I mean, he's a 
and doing all that. And they're gonna <clears throat> they're gonna do with him what he does best. You know, put him all over the field and not really have to play him at quarterback this year. So um, having him play some running back, some tight end. Um, I think is really going to help uh, that team as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. Uh, by the way, Wiz, it's a division that we've talked about a lot. Right? It's ripe for the taking, right? Somebody's got to rise up in that division. Atlanta's made a lot of changes. I think we both agree that Tampa Bay is going to be probably the most challenged situation. We know what Carolina has done on all levels from personnel, the draft, free agency, trades, coaching staff. They've just made a number of changes. We, we both like that team and see significant upside. But nonetheless, uh, everybody knows that Tom Brady's out of division, and uh, there's going to probably and more than likely be a new uh, new champion in that division this year. Absolutely. <clears throat> How about the other way? Do you have any teams that you think can go the other way to, uh, from maybe being uh, a little stronger where they were to having a rough season this year? Yeah, I'm worried about Dallas, Was I, I have to tell you. I, I, so... There's changes at the top, right? Mike McCarthy's going to call plays now, right? Uh, so uh, that's that's number one. Uh, you and I both know that Dak Prescott looked at times uh, completely lost out there with uh, just incredibly poor decision making throughout the season. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is, this is going to is a team that plays in a tough division. Uh, all those teams are better in their division. They're going to play a tough schedule because of where they finished last year. Uh, there's going to be changes at running back. Let's see if Tony Pollard can, in fact, handle a full load uh, or more of a load than he was handling last year. Uh, but, yeah, I'm just – I don't know, Wiz. I think I, I've heard stuff around a more conservative approach. This was a kind of a pass-free offense for some time. Uh, so I do think the fact that the Dallas Cowboys have kind of been this elite offense over the last three, four years when it's come to scoring uh, and yardage, but I – I am a little bit more gun shy about the situation. I just I thought body language and everything else. I thought Dak Prescott worried me a lot last year. Was yeah, I mean I have a little bit of a different viewpoint on on Dallas. Uh, I think you know um, their play calling I didn't think was great, or I, I shouldn't say I didn't think their play calling was smart last year. Let's put it like that. Um, but, you know, forget about the calling. It's true. Dak Prescott made a lot of unforced errors and, and a lot of plum decisions. Um, we'll see how that plays out. But <clears throat> um, By the way, I it's also things- one thing I would say. That is an offensive line that is was always kind of like a, I think, a very strong suit of the Cowboys. And I think it's much more in flux uh, at, at, as we sit here today. Well, the offensive line is a key to any team. And, They've had issues with their key guys staying on the field. But I think, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, but I like the personnel of Dallas. Um, I'm a believer in their running back room. Um, I think adding Brandon Cooks will, will help. Um, and um, I know, you know, I, I understand um, that, you know, they gave Prescott that money and he is not – Formed where he really needs to be, but we'll we'll see we'll see how it plays out. I'm on the other side of it. I think you know Dallas can overtake the Eagles and win that division, but um, you know we'll 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 see uh, we'll see what happens this upcoming season. Okay, now who do you have on the downside? I have the 49ers. Uh, I'm looking at that quarterback room, and 
it's players who have not lived up to expectations. It's players that are coming off bad, you know, tremendous injury. And <clears throat> I know that on paper, their personnel looks tremendous, but some of these players, just their key, key players, um, I just don't think these guys can be counted to stay on the field. Uh, Kittle, Debo, Christian McCaffrey, uh, you know, that's the, that's, that's the engine to that team. Uh, and then you combine that with Sam Donald, Trey Lance, and Brock, Brock Purdy. Purdy coming off that catastrophic injury. Trey Lance has just not played enough football. Sam Donald has been a disappointment. I, I think it could go I, I think I'm concerned about the 49ers being at elite level this upcoming season um, and staying at an elite level uh, with with these potentials because I, I just think in the past they've been able to overcome that, but I, I have a feeling it could go it could go the other way for the 49ers this year if some of those key guys can't stay on the field because I just don't know what they're going to get from the quarterback this year. Yeah, I think that's a great mystery. They they were on my list as well. Um, uh, Brandon Ayuk was probably the only consistent offensive performer on this team. I, I McCaffrey was once he was traded, but I, but I think when you have question marks around the quarterback position, and granted there are a lot of names that are, are there, um, but to the, re, the to the reasons that you alluded to, uh, I, I think there's reason to feel that there's a potential for disappointment in San Francisco. I, we know they have a very strong defense. Uh, the division is not necessarily a strong one with both uh, the Rams having lots of question marks, uh, losing a lot of personnel there, and obviously Arizona going through uh, a complete metamorphosis at this point in time. But, uh, yeah, I, I kind of think there are, are some downside risks for a team with tremendous talent, but, you know, potentially it doesn't live up to that. Yeah, so that was what I had um, as far as players going, teams going, you know, potentially uh, the wrong way this season. How about you? Did you have anyone else on your list? Yeah, I have one of the team. You've talked about them from a kind of win perspective, but when you really look closely at what transpired in Detroit last year, where, by the way, I don't think anybody really realizes that this was both a top five offense in yardage and points. Um, So what's going to be different this year? Well, I expect the Detroit Lions to not play from behind as frequently as they did last year. I think they've made changes on the defense that makes them better. Uh, I think they're going to want to run the football a little bit more, uh, maybe not put that ball in Jared Goff's. Because this was, this was a team that played from behind a lot, um, and they had to come back. And that's what kind of lifted the offensive statistics there. A couple other things I don't like. I don't like the fact that Jamal Williams isn't on this team. I think he was a huge presence in that locker room uh, from a leadership perspective. Uh, not, I'm not discounting the abilities of Jameer Gibbs or um, David Montgomery, who are or, or the running back, but they got to get used to a new offense, right? And that's the way it works. Ben Johnson, up and coming offensive coordinator. Uh, Dan Campbell gives him kind of free reign. Uh, and I think the players really buy into Campbell's message, yes. Um, but the fact of the matter is the Detroit Lions almost made the playoffs last year. Their schedule, as a result, will be better. Um, I think their division is kind of being underplayed a little bit because I see both the Bears and the Packers making strides up. I don't necessarily agree with that for the Vikings, but I see the other two teams moving up. Um, so as a result of that, and, and by the way, another key loss for this team was Deuce Staley, uh, who was their running backs coach, but you know he was really kind of a big voice and a big presence there. So... Jared Goff, um, a player I like, uh, but you know, last year, second half, 
Tremendous second half. Only one interception over the last nine games with 17 touchdown passes. So he played really well. It's not easy to kind of duplicate uh, that type of offensive performance. So, so with the changes afoot, um, there are some concerns to me that they're going to be able to stay kind of in that top five that they were in last year. I hadn't even realized that that's where they were. But I think it was a, a lot of that was a byproduct of playing from behind so frequently with. So I see some downward move there. I know you see this, you see them as some risk in terms of uh, wins this season, but I would look at that as well from an offensive statistic standpoint. Yeah, I, you know, I the wins total I think is is high for the Lions. Uh, I think there could be some regression um, with their offense in general and and their win total <clears throat> as well. Um, as as far as you know, where where they're expected or how many games they're expected to win. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's a different situation. You know, you got Montgomery coming over in a rookie. Um, as your running back duo, and I'm not saying they're not talented, but they, they they're going to miss Jameson Williams the first six weeks of the season. Oh, that too. Yeah, that too. Yeah, that that's that's a that's a that's a that's a key thing. And I don't know, like it was like Jerry Goff came over there, and it was like they had nothing to lose. Nobody was expecting anything of them. Uh, there was no pressure on Jared Goff really. You know, he was kind of cast aside by the Rams. Um, and kind of the Lions were in like, you know, rebuilding mode and kind of surprising teams. Now it's kind of a different story. Now they're the clear favorites and projected highest win total in the NFC North. Um, Hendon Hooker was drafted, and he's not going to play much this season, if at all. But that's going to be in the back of Jared Goff's mind. If he has a poor season, uh, will they be calling for Hendon Hooker to take over in 2024? Probably. Uh, so a little bit more pressure on Goff, a little bit more pressure on the team, a lot more pressure on the team. Uh, they won't be coming up at anyone as a surprise. Um, and to that point, that's why the NFL put them opening night, Thursday night against the Chiefs. And listen, one game doesn't make a season. And certainly the first game of the year doesn't make a season. But I'm interested in watching how the Lions react to this. They're on the road. Kansas City is a tough, tough place to play. They know they're going to have to score points. Jared Goff, outside of domes, has not been the greatest thrower. Now, it's not going to be figured to be a cold, cold game on the road. But um, I'm interested to see if the Lions can win the game, if they can play a competitive game, or, you know, if they're going to get kicked in the teeth right off the bat and um, and and Kansas City is going to, you know, blow them out. So I'm interested to see how the Lions take to the projected success of what's going to uh, – what, what's looking like for this upcoming season. Yeah, so let me, let me ask you, were you surprised as I was that they were considered they, – they, they were statistically both scoring and yardage a top five offense last year? That surprised me. Were you, were you surprised when I said that? No, yardage not. It kind of had the feel of the years ago with Blake Bortles and the Jaguars. Yeah, where yeah, yeah it was a byproduct of being behind, teams. right? Yeah, these wild shootout games. Because you got to remember, you know, these teams that they're playing last year, you know, the Vikings are putting up a million points, and the Packers with Rodgers last year putting up there. They were in these games where their defense was so, so poor that they were uh, playing against, you know, prevent defenses a lot in the fourth quarter. You know, they won some of those games. But I wasn't surprised about what they did last year. I, I'm just looking at maybe a... A, a regression coming into the season. Yeah. 
Um, because I think last year, to your point, was a perfect storm. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree. And, you know, again, we liked the story. We loved watching that, you know, they were hard knocks uh, last year. Um, you know, that was a fun fun team to watch, if you will. But, uh, yeah, uh, I do think there's a little bit of downside uh, risk there, so for certain. By the way, have they announced uh, hard knocks yet for, for, for this coming? I, I heard, like, a bunch of teams. Nobody wants to do it. Yeah, well, I heard, yeah, I heard they really uh, want the Jets, uh, but uh, Robert Salo is saying, you know, he'd rather not do it, so um, I, I don't know. I think uh, it, it, it could be good luck for a team to be on it now. I mean, you know, the Lions and uh, and they the way they performed after being on it, I think uh, it, could be, it could be interesting. So uh, we'll see, but who would you like to see on Hard Knocks? Yeah, I, I think the Jets would be compelling for certain. Um, I think the 49ers would be an interesting one to look at, quite frankly, given like exactly what you're talking about, like what's happening in that quarterback room. Um, you know, if you gave me a couple of different choices, I even think Miami, because I find, I find their head coach incredibly uh, entertaining. If, you've, if anybody's press conferences that you want to watch, it's, it's McDonald's. I mean, he's, he's just hilarious. Uh, no, he's TV. I, I think Cincinnati with Joe Burrow, would yep. be also interesting yep. uh, to be on there as well. Uh, he's he's a real character, and his sound bites are just absolutely off the charts. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see how it how it plays out. But uh, certainly, these are all interesting topics, and um, and and we'll get down to specific players. Um, as we get closer to the start of the season. Yeah, we're not far away from that. And, uh, you know, we're really on the cusp of doing team-by-team capsules and, and kind of how we see things playing out. We, we usually do it division-by-division, division and that is uh, that is definitely upcoming was, uh, as we have moved into the month of July, for sure. Absolutely. All right, so that's a wrap. Uh, happy 4th of July to everybody. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Make sure you are subscribing and listening. I know, uh, uh, you know, I, I think we've enjoyed doing this over the years, and uh, we're going to continue to try and uh, give our insight. So, Wiz, enjoy. Uh, we'll talk again later, and uh, have a great day. You do the same. Thanks.